I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors. We get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Heather Havenwood. Our whole world revolves around our smartphones now. You know they say we look at our phones on an average of 150 times a day or more. Look, if you're a small business and want to grow, you need to reach people where they're looking the most. They're smartphones. So text the word START to 72000 now to learn more from our friends at Mobit or go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Mobit. Again, text the word START to 72000 now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. I'm very glad to have you here today. You can check us out on iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, and all kinds of fun stuff. And I'm very excited that we are having Patrick Helmers on the line today. Pat, are you there? I am, Heather Ann. Thank you very much for having me on today. Sure. So what you all need to know about Pat, which I think is a lot of fun, is that he is from the States. Uh, However, he is living in Thailand right now. I'm going to ask him to share that story with him, like how in the world he go from Chicago to (laughs) Thailand. And that's an interesting story with itself. So I'm definitely going to talk about that. But I just love the fact that, you know, I love seeing people what I call cross the waters, right? Because so many times Americans, we, we get stuck in our little land over here and we go, there's nothing else around, right? So I love the fact you would cross the pond, many ponds, and now you're on the other side of the world. So without further ado, let me introduce you to who Pat is. And Pat is an international business consultant and technology startup coach. He's the author of Selling with Confidence Sales System and the host of the award-winning Sales Babble podcast, which I have been on, which is a ton of fun. You could go check him out right now at Twitter at pathelmers.com. That's H-E-L-M-E-R-S. Okay, Pat, let's dive in. First off, how does a Chicago boy like you end up in Thailand with your wife? Actually, I was following her. She had a job in China. Oh, my, wife awesome. is a, my wife is a principal, an administrator, and she was working in China last summer and uh, I followed her. So I quit consulting for a little while and, uh, and I was the good spouse and went and we had a, we had a great time. And when we got done, we did some touring and, uh, of China Mm -hmm. and I'd always wanted to come to Thailand because I'm in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Thailand. Okay. Is that like the suburbs? Is that... It's famous. It's in northern Thailand. Okay. And it's famous for being a digital nomad expat scene, having an expat oh, scene. Really? And there's a lot of people starting businesses and entrepreneurs here in Chiang Mai. And I uh, always wanted to come here. And here I am. Wow. So just for a second, this is really interesting about, you know, expats. And for people who might like, what's an expat? Basically, we call those expats people who are leaving the United States and going somewhere else. So we call them expats. So it's just a terminology. So I'm really interested in that and like they're building 
businesses over there. I'm going to ask you about that. But just in relation, last night I was watching the latest, The Prophet. I love that show, Marcus. He's amazing. And the entire show is him going to Cuba, okay, and talking about entrepreneurship in Cuba, which is a communist country, okay, and it's just in the last, like, almost 18 months. Has there even been, like, what I call an opening for entrepreneurship? It's pretty amazing. I highly suggest you guys watch that. So tell us about what the, like, what's the economy like where you're at? Meaning, is there, is it really open to entrepreneurship? Is it democratic? I mean, what's, what's the take there? Is it hard to start a business? There's a lot of government restrictions. A lot of the people working here um, are kind of working uh, under the radar. The way visas work, you can only stay a few months. So some people work here for a few months. They'll go away for three or four days, come back, and they'll work some more. So that's pretty much how most of the Westerners, right? you know, people from Europe and from America, that's more or less how they work. The economy in Thailand, and it's all, is, is moving along nicely. As I mentioned before, I was actually working in China. It was very interesting to see how things work there. They're yeah. very entrepreneurial. There's an awful lot of hustle in China, but they're not that creative. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of hustle. There's so many people. I mean, you got to hustle everything you do in China. But there's also, yeah. from what I understand, but this is, again, this is my view from, you know, articles I've read, which doesn't mean it's true, by the way, that China, because it's a communist country, there's a lot of restrictions and starting your own business, but they're open to it. But it's kind of like under our little rules, you know, is that true? Or is that false? No, that's completely false. That's true. That's false. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, actually, um, actually, they have very few rules. Oh, really? It was more like that. So, like, we don't have any rules. Yeah. For it. Yeah. So if you and I decided we want to open up a, uh, a vegetable stand, we would just find some curb on the street and we would go in business. There would wow. be, we wouldn't get, we wouldn't need any kind of, um, any kind of license. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't need to be reviewed by anybody. Probably wow. would no one even try to char charge us income tax. We would wow. Just, just go open for it. Up business, we'd go in business and nobody, they don't know where our vegetables came from, how well washed they are, how well prepared. You and I could go in the business cooking dinner on the street. And wow. We'd be totally allowed to. It's actually a country with not a lot of rules at some, at some level. Huh. So it's like this weird mix of like, because again, I just got off like last night watching this amazing show with the prophet about Cuba. And Cuba has this, you're all, there's like a list of like whatever, 200 and something list of companies that are even allowed to be open in the country. And if it's not on that list, you can't oh. open it. I mean, it's like massive restrictions. And then you have the opposite you're talking about. It's like massive openness. But there's also some good give and take with that, right? Was, it, which is interesting to me to hear. Yeah. Like, there's no quality control. States companies to break into, into China because they mm -hmm. want to promote their own businesses. So similar to what Japan did, it's actually similar to what the United States did when um, we revolted and revolutionized from, uh, from the United Kingdom, from, from the British Empire. Uh -huh. they're, they're promoting their own businesses. So like there's no Google in China. There's no Facebook in China because they got their own Google, Baidu. They've got their own Facebook, WeChat. So in order to build up their own company, they, they make it hard for outside companies to come in. But if right. you're a company within China, yeah, oh yeah, you can you can get started, and uh, they're very 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 open to it. Wow, oh that's interesting. There's no what? There's no Facebook in China. No, no, <laughs> which is weird. It is. It's I bet that is weird. weird. That's super. Yeah, Are you allowed? So what, just let me ask yeah. you a question. So if you're in China, 
and obviously you're an American and you have probably have a Facebook page. Why well, don't you do? You can go check out his Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash sales babble. However, yeah. can you access that page if you're in China? Yeah. Yeah. There's a piece of software called a, a, a virtual private network, a VPN, uh-huh. and you put that on your computer before you come to China and you turn that on and it, it makes the software think that you're in Chicago. Wow. Okay, cool. All right, good. So you got to make sure you get your Facebook page if you're you in. Gotta have that, but it doesn't work that great. Yeah. And it doesn't work every day. And it's, it works a little slow. And and they're not illegal. Uh-huh. Um, there are places in China where they open up the internet. There's places in Beijing and in Shanghai. But for the most part, they keep it off in the country. You know, only a few educated people have easy access. So let's yeah. talk about sales for a second here, because that's what we, that's what you are. You you know your book out selling with confident sales systems, and I'm going to ask you about you know this thing called the election that we just went through. I call it like a car wash. <laughs> it's like a big old car wash we were in for like two years. There's a lot of shakeup, obviously, and I'm going to ask you about that. But before I ask you about that, so I started thinking what your answer is going to be. That is talking about sales. Let's talk about China and Thailand. Do you find that either one or both cultures are very open to selling or reserved in selling? People, hmm, that's an interesting conversation. That's an interesting question. I think sales in many regards works the same everywhere. Oh, sure. Um, It's cultural, right? And some people are like, oh, I don't. It's cultural. And people have a tendency to purchase from people they trust from. You know, and that's, that's really, really important in China when people buy. You know, people only buy from from you if they have a they have a long relationship with you. Interesting. Um, Thailand is a completely different country though than China and than China. They are very 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 friendly. They are very easygoing and uh, they're very tourist. They're very big on tourism. Interesting. It's mostly, it mostly people on holidays. That you know, it's really people here, you know, vacationing. And right. uh, not a lot of Americans though. But a lot of people from Australia and from Europe, they, 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 they come here. They come here a lot. Uh, Israel, there's a ton of people from there. The problem with that is that it, what I find is that Americans, we're just like I said, we don't leave the, we don't leave the, the island. <laughs> we don't. We're, most Americans are pretty poorly informed how the, the world works. Very. <laughs> I, know, I know. And I tell people that. I'm like, look, I'm an American. Like, I get, I get my news from you know, Fox or whatever. And, you know, I get it. Yeah. If it's not on there, I know, I know, I like, I know there's so much out there, but I also know I'm very ignorant to a lot of, I'm clear I'm ignorant to it. So, I, you know, I don't go over there and go, I'm a great American. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm clueless on how you guys live. I'm super clueless. And a lot of that's because we're not a communist country, but in some way we are a communist country where they do restrict our view of what's going on in the world. They really super restrict of what's, I think, what's going on in the world all the time, I think, on the TV. Meanwhile, I think when I talk to people across the pond, I call across the pond, I got a, a ton of people and friends in the UK, they know more right. about what's going on in America than I do sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing over there? Like, you like tapping into our, you know, CNN over here? He's like, no, it's on our oh, nightly yeah. news every day. It's in our paper. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Are you over 45, 60? Are you relying on the traditional medical field to help you feel great and get you back to a balanced body? Good luck with that. At e2lab.com, Dr. Don Salio got sick of people complaining about bloating, inflammation, and feeling sluggish. 
He has created unique, potent, and powerful non-pharmaceutical supplements to help the body rebalance, detox, and get back to being healthy. Go to e2lab.com, getting you back to healthy and balanced. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. During the election, yeah. people were constantly asking me what they thought about the election. I was in a, I was in a red truck a couple days ago uh-huh. going to a, a meetup meeting. And uh, it's kind of like how taxis work here. And there was a Thai lady walked in who didn't speak much English. And I, I've taken a little bit of Thai. So I asked her what her name was. And she goes, so what do you think of Trump? <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. You know, we think we're so isolated. Meanwhile, you ask the average American, like, who's the prime minister of Britain or, you know, who's the president of Israel? And they they can't say it. I mean, those are some basic ones, too. Right. But meanwhile, the whole world knows who Hillary Clinton is and Donald Trump at this point. Probably Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders. Right. So America is on top of the world and people say that we're falling apart. You know, we're not what we used to be. Right. (laughs) There's nobody even close to touching us in this this marathon race. Nobody. So, I mean, it must be weird for you. It must be so far ahead. It must be kind of cool for you because you left the bubble. You know what I mean? Like you left the little bubble. And so that's why I'm asking you all these questions. Like what do other people look? What (laughs) what do they look like? What do they what do they say about our bubble? You know, like (laughs) what do you think now about the bubble since you've left? Has your view changed of America since you've left? Better, worse? Um, yeah, I, I think I feel even stronger and better about America. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I feel that uh, we have an awful lot to offer the world. I think yeah. we have a big responsibility. We, we really are kind of running the world. We really do. And uh, it's so weird and people to say respect that. us immensely. People respect us immensely. The Chinese respect America. Really? Immensely. Oh, yeah. I May mean, I just have it that they just like rake us over the coals? <laughs> But, um, you know, that don't mean well, that in a negative way. person wants to dress like an American, yeah. uh, all over China, there's English. Now, the English isn't very good, sure. but they try to use our marketing messages and how right. we market in Western clothes. I mean, the women try to dress as American and the men try to dress as American as possible. Uh, they think of American stuff as being high quality, high quality. Right, high quality stuff. There was, uh, my boyfriend was talking about a friend of his who went to Russia and he was traveling there for business or whatever. And he knew he was going to be there for a while. And it's expensive there, from what I understand. Like, it's expensive to be there. And he's, instead of bringing, well, he brought money. But he said he went there once and came back and then was going for the second time. This time, he brought an entire suitcase of Levi jeans, like brand new. And he was literally, for one pair of Levi jeans, he got like a, a, a rental car for the week. Because there, it was like, oh, really? like $400 us and then converted for one pair of levi jeans he went to like a hotel or somewhere he's staying and he said yeah okay i got the price but i also have these jeans these are brand new from america and they like took them as payment i was like what you know <laughs> and they're like they're ecstatic they're like oh my god you know and i'm like really but that's because we're in this little bubble i call it the truman show bubble right we're like in this little truman show bubble and everyone's like watching us and we have no idea there's anyone out there so, uh, okay, so I'll, I'm going to switch over to the Selling with Confidence Sales System because talk about an election. From your view, since you have a book out, Selling with Confidence Sales System, and I know you definitely talk about to businesses and business owners as well as in people in the corporate structure of sales, and that's awesome. But the, the principles still apply everywhere, right? 
So in the world of selling, we're going to just go down the world of selling. Okay, view, no policy here is between Trump and Hillary. You know, what did what did Hillary do right and wrong in the world of sales? And what did Trump do right and wrong in the world of sales, selling their message? I thought, um, let me tell you what they did right. Okay, yeah, let's go that way. Most sales are made, as much as I wish this wasn't true, Mm -hmm. I wish more and more sales were made on facts. Because if I got the best thing, you know, if we build a spreadsheet, it'll be clear that Pat's got the best thing and you'll just buy it. But most people don't buy on facts. Most people buy on emotion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what they did right was they both sold to emotion. Mm. Both of them? You think think Hillary did too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, let me me push back on that because what I viewed her is she sold a negative emotion and Trump was selling a positive future of emotion. Not saying, again, we're not going to policy. Did you see that yeah, too? I, I, I think they both sold into the fear space. They did, Into okay. the desire space. But I think they were both mostly in the fear space. And, and, and that's an important thing to remember yeah. too, because in sales, more people are motivated by pain than by desire. So for example, let's, let's take two decisions here. If you have a headache, you're going to go immediately you know, to, to, to target and go buy some aspirin, right? Right. You're not going to waste your time. But if you need a new pair of shoes, uh. you might put it off to this weekend and you might go to multiple stores and try it out. Right. That's true. But if it's a pain that you're addressing, it's some fear or pain, people are much more motivated to purchase it. And I think both candidates did that. So you think both candidates went after the, the pain points? They, they pushed on both pains? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I I think that that that's how I saw it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So they you think they both did well there? Anything else they did well? Like the positives they did both did in the world of sales? Um, what else did they do right? <laughs> the, the, the thing, I, I tell you what, what they did wrong was okay. because both of them uh, I felt were very untrustworthy what they said. Mm-hmm. You know. Fact, fact checkers were constantly getting quotes. I never said that. Yes, you did. Right here's the quote. <laughs> right, that was constant. I think that was really, really bad because that's the second part of a sale. Is that first, if you can get them emotionally um, wrapped around the idea, open to you, then facts usually are what closes the deal. You know, so you know these are the three things it's going to do, and this is how it's going to solve it, and this is the price, and this. And uh, do you think this would work for you? And they, you know, the buyer says, "Sure." Well, great. Let's sign you up. Right. I think both of them did poorly because they were not very. Both not, neither came off very, very, very honest. To, Which is uh, really interesting. I mean, one of the, I think the foundation of sales is no like and trust, right? No like and trust. No like. It's no like and trust. It's no like and trust. Yeah, but okay. So no, let's let's break it down. No like trust. Okay, so you already said they're not trust. So let's look at the no and the like. <laughs> Did either one yeah. of them? Well, well, the thing too here is like too, and I think everybody would agree with this. Um, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, and everybody, a lot of people say this. I'm gonna be clear because I don't want to get overly political either. Yeah, I don't want to get political. I'm just gonna. The... A lot of people felt like, and something that I hear a lot was, I didn't like either choice. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, yeah, I heard that a lot. So, you know, so, so 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 neither of them, I felt, really did a really great job of selling themselves. Um, being likable, as we call it, being likable. Yeah, not yeah. A lot of them just really turned off a lot of people, and yeah. that's that's usually that's usually a negative in a sale. 
But if the other, but if your other thing that you're buying is all is just is worse. I remember this one time where I had to buy a, a system to a database to keep track of uh, my sales staff. It's called a CRM system, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I worked with one company. I won't call them out, and I hated the sales guy. He was awful. He was rude. He was obnoxious. He overtalked me. I had questions, and he said, "Well, you didn't ask about that earlier." Like, oh. So I I, I said, I'm not going to buy from you. I went to go talk to another guy. I talked to them and I liked them, called them up the next day to order and it gone out of business. (sighs) So I had no choice. I went back to the other guy and I ended up buying him. Oh, did that just make you want to just like cringe? (laughs) I think a lot of people felt similarly in this election. I want to buy the other guy or the other guy. Right. Yeah. But I can't stand her and I can't stand him. him. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Are you a business owner that has a website but not tech savvy? Do you feel like a hostage to your web guy? The better question is, do you have a money funnel so people come to your page and give you money while you sleep? No? Then go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Imagine having a money site, not a website, for your self-published book, e-commerce products, local practitioners like chiropractors or lawyers. Get a money site, not a website. Go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. I find it interesting from a selling perspective because I, you know, I used to travel the country and do these seminars, right? And I mean, I would hear people say things like, because I was in the back of the room, so I'd hear what they really think, right? And they would be like, I don't like that guy. I don't like the guy. He's too cocky. Whatever, right? Their thing was. And then I w- I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, he's well-known expert in his field. And then they would freaking buy. They're the ones who'd be like, I don't like him. And then they'd walk over to the table and give two grand. I'm like, okay, I'm confused. Yep. And I realized there that, yes, the no like, and trust is key, but it's not like a like, like I want to hang out with you like. It's more like a confidence like. I don't really like you who you are. I'm not going to be your best friend, but I like you for doing the job I need you to do. You know what I mean? I think that's what people were looking for in this election. Like, I don't like either candidate. I don't think I'll be friends with either one. You know, I'm going to pick this person because I think they're going to be the best for the job. And I think that happens a lot in business. I mean, I, I know for myself, I just bought a new CRM system. So I went through this process of sales and I had like five salespeople and oh my God. And I just told him, I go, look, I'm mad at you guys. I don't even want to buy from you guys at this point, but I'm no. so far down this <laughs> rabbit hole with you mofos that I'm just pissed and I want this done. Right. And he's like, well, we're sorry for your experience. Can I get your credit card? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> and they sold me. Right. So. Believe it or not, I knew confidently in the system, the CRM system, I knew eventually it would fulfill my needs, but their sales process sucked. Offline, you and I need to talk about this because I think you and I are talking about the same company. We probably are. (laughs) Because it was horrible. Yeah, I'm totally not going to buy into this. I don't buy into this no, no, like, and trust thing. What really makes sales, the reason people will buy, it's all because of value. If they believe that the thing that you're providing is going to improve their lives somehow. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, like if I pay you, Heather Ann, a buck, am I going to make two bucks from somebody else? Am I going to get a return on my investment? Right. Then people buy. So it's really about value. 
You, lots of times you buy stuff from people you don't you don't know, you don't like, and you don't trust. But you have no other choice, so you do it. You, I know. I've been there. I've been there. I know people listening have been there too. And I think what I think the challenge with salespeople, and this is me making this up, and maybe for you it doesn't. But I love to be sold to. I do. We love to be sold to because we understand the process and. The challenge, I think, with, with I mean, I do, I love to be sold to. Like, I walk into a store and I'm like, sell me. Like, it's like, you know, bathe me with your love. <laughs> sell me. Tell me how amazing I am. And I want you to sell me. And I remember the, remember the movie Pretty Woman. Okay, I'm taking you back, right? 1980, whatever. There's a moment, and it's somewhere in the middle of the movie, where she's up. Remember, she goes to ho- down to Hollywood and she can't buy anything because they're really rude to her because she looks like, you know, she looks like she's a prostitute. I mean, do you remember this movie? Yeah. So she's going down Hollywood Boulevard. She's got all this cash and she walks into this gorgeous store and they're like, we don't serve your kind. And so she goes back to the hotel, like all distraught, like I have all this money. I need to dress, you know, dress. And the hotel guy helps her out. And so the next day he gives her more money. Like, hey, why? I need you to go buy some more stuff. I need you to, we're going to this event. And she's like, I can't, they won't sell to me. So he walks, remember he goes into the store with her and he says to the manager, I'm going to spend an ungodly amount of money. And he's like, well, how much an ungodly amount of money? And I want you to do a lot of sucking up. Right. And so then the, the manager starts like, well, uh, sir, I, I, I like your tie. That's, that's very nice pants. He goes, not me, her go suck up to her. <laughs> Just, and he's like, Oh, of course, of course you look lovely, dear, whatever. And I, I find that funny, but at the same time, it's like, that's the experience we want when we're being sold to. That they're the we're the queen for the moment. You know what I mean? Like, oh, bathe me with your love. You know what I mean? That's why that movie was so awesome, by the way. I just want to know that you got the back. Yes. They want to we want to know when we we leave the experience that we made the right decision. Right. Right. I think that's interesting. So anyway, I wanted to just tap into the I apologize for tapping into the politics, but I think people can really see that it's a great sales case study, right? It really is a great case study. And that's why I want to get your take on, so. take on it. Yeah, because I mean, really, what were they selling? They were selling a message, right? They were selling a particular future. And so I'm curious what your take was. Would you, t- if, you could, if now, you could talk to them right I, now, would I don't you think change that's anything? What selling. I don't think that's what they were selling at all. I think what they were selling was them and their personality. Interesting, really. Tell me why. It's, it's kind of like in a startup's. You know, when venture capital uh-huh. or investment bankers, you know, buy into a company, yeah. it may not be the idea or the invention they're really buying. What they're buying is the person because they know that there's always going to be problems that are un- that we can't think of right now in the future. Does that person have what it takes to figure that out? Can they overcome, you know, challenges? And I think that's what America was looking at when they were trying to pick pick, pick a presidential candidate was. We don't know what's going to happen two, three years. Is there going to be another 9-11, right? Is there going to right. be another uh, hurricane? Right. Who is the person that I want to be sitting in the Oval Office? Right. So would you say that that, I mean, that, this was a big, I call it a big sales job. You know, you were selling the whole America, the whole America, right? And it was a big I think sales job. It was a big sales job, but that the whole election was a big sales job, you know, yeah. I think. And people who didn't vote, that, that was a vote. People who didn't vote was a vote. That was a vote. You know what I mean? I'm a no to both. Okay. Well, that's still a vote. Okay. Right. Just because you don't decide, decide doesn't mean that you didn't decide. You decided. 
My question to you is if you had like a consultant, if you were able to be brought in as a consultant, a sales consultant, business consultant, what would you have said to either one of them like afterwards, the aftermath and said what you, you know, here's some ideas you could have done or maybe near the end, like here's some ideas. What would you have done differently? Did you give them each a little tip? Well, so sometimes it's hard to sell crap. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're a great salesperson, it's hard to sell crap. Yeah. And I think... I think Hillary Clinton had a lot of crap she was trying to sell. Um, it was just hard for, I mean, she just had too, uh, too much baggage. Yeah. For Mr. Trump, mm -hmm. um, I would mm -hmm. say, I believe his form of selling is antiquated. And Bullying people mm -hmm. and pushing people and, you know, and making fun of the competition just doesn't work, I believe, in this day and age. It worked for him, but then again, he didn't have much competition. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You know, but but as a, but I would never ever coach anybody in sales to to use him as a model for what makes for good sales. I believe there's four things that makes for great sales for for great sellers. First is you got to have an attitude of like I'm here to help you, which means you ask lots of questions and you're listening. And the second thing is you got to be empathetic, like oh I feel bad. It's like what you were saying about selling, being sold to, right? Yeah. You want to be treated. You want to be treated like a queen when you go in there. The next thing is you got to be smart. You have to be astute, and you got to be able to see issues that that the person you're selling to has never seen before. You actually like teach them a little bit about their business, so they go, "Wow, you really got it. I understand." That's where a lot of trust comes from. And then the T is, is tenacity, where you like really stick with it. Because way too often people in sales, they they try a couple times to sell somebody, but you really got to try at least eight times. Because people are busy. It takes a long time to keep calling them on the phone or sending them an email or something like that. So I believe it's all about being helpful, empathetic, astute, and tenacious. H-E-A-T. I believe great sellers have heat. Heat. Oh, I was like, what is that? I was thinking to myself, what is that actually spelling out? H-E-A-T. <laughs> it's half of Heather. Just add H-E-R. Now yeah, you have Heather. So <laughs> there you go. But Trump ain't got heat. <laughs> Trump and Trump he doesn't sell that way. No, he's he sells on grand visions and and he's been successful doing this. I can't I can't I can't I can't slide him for that. But in modern sales, yeah, if if, if people were to emulate him and and this selling techniques, I think I think they could be pretty uh, pretty <laughs> they, bad. They might starve. <laughs> they would starve. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so let me just take you back. So you talk about your technology startup coach. So does that mean that you're getting calls right. from San Francisco like every day with technology startups? And like, I don't know if that's true. I wish, I, you wish? I wish that was true. That's one thing about sales. People don't call you. You got to call them. I know, right? That's <laughs> like... Right. So... It's not like the phone just rings. That's why people waste a lot of money in marketing. They're kind of hoping that magically if I put a bunch of ads and put a bunch of commercials and things out there that people will magically call me. But usually in comp when you're selling complex things, you have to call them and you got to keep calling and you got to build relationships right. and uh, make friends mm -hmm. and be patient, and listen a lot. That's and true. that's how that works. That is very true. So what's one of the startups that you worked on or, you've, or your experience in a startup? What do you really coach them on specifically? Most startups, nine out of 10 fail. Yeah. That's true. And there's and there's a number of reasons why that happens. But the number one reasons most startups fail is they build something nobody wants. People look at uh, Steve Jobs and say, he hadn't built something that he wanted. He never asked anybody's opinion. He just built it. And he was lucky that he was quite successful in iPhones and iPads and things like that. 
But most people who take a Steve Jobs point of view and just come up with a great idea and invent it, they never check with the market to see if somebody really, really wants it. They don't really try, they don't try to sell it. They spend a lot of money building it before they sell it. Right. Like, you know, it almost makes more sense to like, you know, print up some business cards and, and some brochures, not design this thing at all or build this service that you're going to provide and just go out and see if you make a sale because that will prove that you've got a good idea. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Have you wanted to stop swapping your time for money? Ever wanted to leverage your expertise by selling your knowledge to hundreds of people? I call that smart. And now you can easily and effortlessly, without a web guy, create memberships, online courses, coaching programs. Go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific. Start making money off what you know today. Go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. I deal with a few startups here as well. And I find the same thing. It's like a lot of them are young. They're in their 20s. And yep. their largest success they've ever seen are what? Facebook and Apple. I mean, that's a huge. Right. That, I mean, they grew they up. Right. That's they're the model models. they saw. What they need to know is, yes, he did create it and he didn't really ask. However, it was one of those times. It's like we didn't know we wanted a car either when Ford created it. You know what I mean? Like we were good with what we had. We didn't know that like we could actually get in a car and drive faster. Like we didn't know. You know, we didn't know we didn't right. know. And there wasn't necessarily a desire for it. There was like a, oh, that would be nice if and like we're not going to like get upset if it's not there. So that's kind of the same thing with with the car, you know, Ford. It's like the moment it got created, then it's like, oh. Well, this is cool. The value was we could go faster. You know, as so you talk about value, of course, that desire is always there. So we tapped into a desire, right? That's what people don't understand is they try, they try to create something and go, look, you need this. And we're all over here going, we don't need anything. I have desires. Can one of your things help me with a desire? Yeah. That's what it did. Wouldn't it make more sense if you picked an, in, you picked an industry and you talk to 12 people in the industry and you interview them and say, what's the biggest challenge you're facing these days? Right. And 10 out of 12 of them said, oh, we need this kind of widget. And that widget isn't on the market to be sold. Wouldn't that make more sense to build that widget? Oh my God, right, 10, exactly. have <laughs> 10 ready customers right there and they probably repre are representative of millions, maybe billions of dollars of, right. of market. It would totally make more sense. And I wanna uh, share this quick story. So I was watching that, the profit again that Marcus Marcus won and he's interviewing a bakery in Cuba and he asked like what's what's one of their biggest challenges right now and he goes well they're out of chocolate and he was like well is it money like do you what? have any money and he's like no we can't get it and he's like what do you mean you can't get chocolate like there's no chocolate in the world on the left and he's like no we can't get it my fiance is sitting there and he goes oh my gosh the government's crazy you would go nuts if there was no chocolate <laughs> I was like I mean I, I, I gotta have my chocolate right and I was like, wow, he's nuts. Why would he not, you know, not, why is the government not giving them chocolate? And it's because it's all government run, right? So, right. And so my process, like I'm selling chocolate to Cuba. <laughs> that is now what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> if I was a chocolate company, I heard, watch that show. I would be all over that. Sometimes this stuff's cultural though. Like there's not a lot of chocolate in China. You can buy chocolate, but people just don't, aren't as interested in it. 
Really? They're interested in some goofy, stinky fruit called durian that we've never, ever heard of in the United States. You can't buy it in the United States. There's also not a market for it. Yeah, probably not stinky <laughs> candy. We so, want our chocolate. We want our M&Ms yeah. and chocolate. And that's why we're fatter. That's just, one thing about travel. Yeah. You, think, you think that these things are like common across everybody? It's not. We've had very, very little chocolate here. It's very, it's very difficult for my wife to buy wine here. What? We just don't drink wine. It's practically impossible in China to buy wine what? at a restaurant. What do they drink? Um, do they drink? They drink beer that's very much like a, a light Pilsner beer. Ooh. They, drink, they drink beer. Ooh, well, then we now to create, need to create a wine company in China. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you, and we'll wrap it up here in a second. So where can people find you? And if they're interested, and if they're interested in working with you, what does it look like? Who are you wanting to work with? I focus on people who are who have a startup, okay. especially if it's in the technology space, but it doesn't have to be. And they've got an idea, they're moving along on it, and they're just not getting a foothold and actually having people buy what they have. Mm-hmm. And they're not too sure what to do, and they're afraid of selling. I can I can make that fear go away. <laughs> I can totally, I can totally change their mind around so that they really look really successful. Well, I, okay. I hear you in your bio, you talk about he, you know, you believe anyone can become skilled in sales if they adopt an attitude of helping yes. clients, adding value to their lives and businesses. And I think it's so true. And I love the fact that you help technology companies do this startups because I think if someone who's in technology is creating whatever that is, they probably have an engineer view right? They're engineering something. Right. And sales right. is a system, but it's not an engineer, right? So you can make that help them make that transition or have them be open to that view so they can start, you know, sell, not teach. I don't know if you ever come across right. that, but, you know, if you ever tried to consult with an engineer on selling, they want to teach, not sell. <laughs> <laughs> Right. They love their baby, right? Yeah. They want to pull out their phone and say, let me show you pictures of my baby. Look at that. Look at this cute one. Here's this cute one. Here's this cute one. That's not good sales. Yeah, it's not It's not good sales at all. That's what, that's what we call shell and throw up. You don't do that. Instead, you ask You ask them, you know, what are you struggling with? What are your problems? What are your challenges? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And after a half an hour, say, I think I might be able to help with those challenges. Would you like to see it? We just have to see it. I'm yeah. here to share it with you right. to make your wor- world a little better. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. Well, I just want to say thank you for going into the closet over oh, there, wherever second. you are one in second. Thailand. So then let me show how easy peasy it is to find me. Okay. If they Google sales babble, salesbabble.com, they can find me online. I'm all over the place. And I have a podcast on sales called Sales Babble. And we talk about these kinds of things. And you are on the podcast too. I am on the podcast, so salesbabble.com, and you are all over the place. You're in Thailand. You'll be traveling again soon. Check them out on Twitter at Pat Helmers, and then Facebook forward slash salesbabble. Love, 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 love what you get, you're doing and creating. Go check his podcast out as well, um, Sales Babble, as well as his book, Selling with Confidence, Sales System. Thank you so much for being here. Looks like you had to get in a closet to be here in, in Thailand, <laughs> like 10 o'clock at night. Because by the way, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning here. It's like 10 o'clock there, and almost 11 o'clock at night there, which is so crazy for me to even think that. But just thank you for that, for your time, Pat. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor. All right, guys, this is Heather Havenwood. Go check out The Win on HeatherHavenwood.com for all the latest and greatest. 
And I just want to shout out to our sponsors. You can go to check out Thinkific at heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Thinkific, as well as Mobit. You can check out our other sponsor at heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Mobit. If you want to check out Mobit, you can text the word sexy to 72,000 and you'll see how it works. Text the word sexy to 72,000. Thank you so much. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 72000. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 72000 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.